Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different than our usual episode as we are recording this one week in advance. We are going to take the week of Thanksgiving off because we have families and friends to see and we wanted to take a week off. We figured that, you know, it's the holidays, it's a good time. So what we're going to be doing this week is we're going to be recapping the year 2021 in gaming. We're going to be talking about all the major points, everything that happened, kind of reflecting on a lot of that stuff. Um, very exciting. And uh, thankfully, I got two guys here to join me on that adventure. So first off, I am joined by Mr. Rich Meister calling in from New York. We call him affectionately the editor over here as he uh, he is the procurer. That's probably not the right word. Uh, he is the editor of the articles, and he now hosts his own podcast within the Sorchomp universe, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. Rich, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, the Sorchomp Cinematic Universe, uh, the <clears throat> podcast first appeared in the post-credits of, of uh, <laughs> last month's episode. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I'm glad yeah. we're just covering gaming in, in the year 2021, because the rest of it was pretty shit. Um, I, some pretty good games, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> even games, <laughs> there's some pretty shitty things in gaming, but... Uh, um, yeah, okay, there's some pretty shitty stuff around gaming. The games themselves, for the most part, are pretty good. That's true. That's a good point. Fair. That's, that's a nice way of putting it. But uh, within the last 24 hours since I last saw you, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. I don't have to work tomorrow. I gotta go uh, meet up with some friends when we finish up here. Um, that's kind of my week going forward. I got a lot of people in town um, who are not normally in town because Thanksgiving's coming. And then I'm going out of town with some of those people. Um, and so I'm kind of all over the place. But yeah. still making time for games. Uh, as I was recording this, uh, tomorrow afternoon we are recording the uh, Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2 episode of Chomping at the Bits. That'll drop uh, early, early-ish December that I'm really excited to do. So cool stuff, cool stuff this week. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm glad that we're able to get together this week because I know you and Josh are both going to be particularly busy. So kind of worked out that we're able to call an audible on on next week. So hell yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. But speaking of, we have Joshua Fowler here from North Carolina. He is the editor of the podcast. He is kind of our finance supervisor type of guy. He does a lot of stuff here. He plays all the indie games that nobody else has ever heard of to make sure you hear about them. And uh, he's also a good friend of mine. Josh, how you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Been busy today. We kind of was busy all last week with, you know, friends here and whatnot, but busy, but didn't get in, not accomplishing anything. Just busy, you know, having fun, which is, which is always yeah. nice. But uh, you're keeping those personal relationships. I yeah. mean, that's, that's important. Yeah, but, but now... I, I'm busy with all the stuff that I am behind on. Um, so get, getting a bunch your life done is today. Josh, I feel like your life is just perpetually catching up on things that you uh -huh. should be caught up on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like, yeah, yeah. I, I went to the grocery store today trying to had my menu made up for Thanksgiving and, you know, making sure that uh, you don't get, you know, a page into a recipe and find something that you don't have. Yeah. Um, that's so, always so the planning worst. that out. Um, so yeah, did the, did the, did the run to the store for Thanksgiving. So I should have everything I need here to make that happen. I hope those kids are excited to eat some hungry Jack TV dinners for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what they're getting. Kid cuisine, baby. Yeah. You don't want to uh, get one of those things in there and, uh, and, and not have a, a schlitz to go with it like it's, it's just <laughs> could you imagine just like the surrealism of you walking in <laughs> like you go to the store and then you walk in and your your daughter is there being teenage and all she's just sitting there eat a tv dinner her guts out she's drinking a schlitz and you'd be like 
What the fuck did I just walk into? <laughs> She's like, give me another beer. And your wife walks out, handing her another beer. You have to duck as it sails through the room. <laughs> you shook my beer, you bitch. You can't talk to me that way. You're my mother. Or I'm your mother. <laughs> but kids, no, I'm glad you're here too, Kids Josh. say the darndest things when mm-hmm. they're really intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sh- Schlitz will do that to you, man. I've admittedly never drank drunk, drank, drank. I've never drank a Schlitz. Oh, you should. I've never what drunk, do you have against I've never metal shavings? Um, thank you very much for that input, Josh, but we got plenty <laughs> of better metal shaving filled beers here. Mm. I can go get a steel reserve anytime I want. Mm. If I, uh, actually fun story there for when Ray and I used to drink cheap beer together all the time. We'd play a fun game where we pour steel reserve into a coffee cup and the challenge is drink the steel reserve before it eats through the coffee cup. <laughs> God damn, dude. And you I'm know, like, this I- is going in my insides. <laughs> I never drank Steel Reserve. I felt I felt like I didn't have enough hair on my chest ever in my life. Like you have to be a very manly man. No, you drink. don't. Look at me. Look me in the eyes. I drank so much Steel Reserve. I'm I'm basically a little fairy boy. <laughs> like I pretty much live in a forest and just frolic all day. If you poke You're him, he says, Kalu, frolicking, walking around. Steel Reserve. Steel Reserve. I'm one of the Cockery children. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are both here. I'm Shay Layton. I'm calling in from Japan. I'm excited to recap the year. You know, I sat down to kind of look up some of the stuff that I know I had probably forgotten, and there were a lot of things that I had forgotten that has happened over the years. I So... The way this show is kind of oriented, it is very much going to just be a free-form, free-for-all kind of thing. Usually what I do is I I structure the show. Um, This is kind of a window behind the scenes. I will write the the intro that gets us into the show. I will write a little blurb about the topic, and then I will kind of write the the outline for the rest of the stuff. It's pretty easy, but with this one, I just wrote down stuff that has happened this year for us to talk about, and there is no rhyme or reason to it. So. I just want you to read it like a list, and after you don't do like thoughts, and just see how long we run. <laughs> okay. Here we go. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so let's start with one of the more recent things that I think was kind of surprising. So Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy dropped um, not that long ago, actually, which righted the wrongs of Marvel's Avengers, which um, Rich can definitely talk about and attest to more than I think Josh or I particularly can, even though Josh has played guardians of the galaxy and i don't i don't think josh you you didn't play avengers right no i didn't didn't play Avengers. so i mean rich is really the only one that has a true frame of reference here but i do remember reading a lot about how avengers just felt like an incomplete game whereas guardians of the galaxy feels more like a complete package is that correct rich i don't think i would say avengers feels like an incomplete game i'd feel like avengers felt like a game that focused on the wrong things okay um because i and i think uh guardians took all the right lessons about what worked in avengers and what didn't um avengers had this really big focus on being a live game uh whereas i i remember talking about this at the time on the show when that game launched i think the actual story of that game is very good it's just very short and then it just wants to get you into this feedback loop that doesn't feel gratifying Mm. like i don't think the gameplay is good enough to warrant me playing it over and over again but it it told a really good Miss um, Marvel story. Like, I thought that stuff was really good and the writing was strong and I just wish there was more of it. Guardians decided to double down on being, you know, a well-written, fun narrative with fun characters. But that's the game. It's way longer, has way more content in that main story. It still does all the fun costume stuff, but it doesn't want to make itself this infinitely replayable, monotonous thing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of games nowadays are trying to find that healthy balance between being game the game in terms of mechanics and whatnot. And it's a still focus having... on live games that kind of sucks in, in a yeah, lot of areas. It's true. And then yeah. trying to also have this balance of having an integrative and interesting story to where it kind of masks some of those more gamified things that you are doing with inside a game. You know, like for me, I think about Horizon Zero Dawn where... There are some things in there that really are game the game, 
but the story is so engrossing and the world that you're interacting with is so fascinating that you're you're willing to kind of excuse that or at least ignore the fact that some of the things you're doing are very rote because of how much fun you're having yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i think that's fair to say and i've guardians found like we we talked about this at nauseam i think at this point but like whereas avengers felt like it was just like trying to take the destiny formula and its mechanics just weren't good enough to support that and i feel like it ends up underselling the really good narrative they put together um guardians feels like we took a marvel property and we took the best bits of like mass effect and uncharted and made a real good game and that's awesome man yeah i still want to play that game at some point yeah yeah i would eat and again i said it before like even if you're not the biggest fucking marvel fanboy those characters are really likable even if it's your first time experiencing those characters which it's insane to say about the guardians of the galaxy but in 2021 i don't feel like there's a lot of people where that's the case right um there's fun to be had it's it's a phenomenal game cool well yeah, yeah. you know props to, props to them for making a solid game you know a, a second release and that's only exciting for even more exciting i should say for future releases like wolverine that'll be coming out here fairly soon hopefully. totally i mean it's point like the reason the avengers guardians comparison happens is because they're both square enix published it's important to note probably crystal dynamics was avengers and ideas montreal was uh guardians so they're not the same studio but they are the same publisher so i'm sure there there is some shared dna there whereas uh wolverine is being done by insomniac that has already done two phenomenal spider-man games so i'm on board for whatever they want to do yeah, yeah, I am. I imagine that game's gonna be incredible, and the hype is real for that game, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we got Back for Blood, which is essentially Left for Dead Three, and that finally released. Fans had been clamoring for a Left for Dead Three for years because uh, there was a huge—I don't know if it's necessarily a cult following, but it's a fairly substantial following for Left for Dead One and Two. Um. You know, there there were speculations over the years that Left 4 Dead 3 would be made and then not be made, and we finally got Back for Blood, which is the spiritual successor in a lot of ways and almost pretty much is a sequel in some ways. And uh, yeah, it's, it's... Unfortunately, I don't think it got the, the fanfare that I would have expected, but because i you know there was such a fervent following of those first two games i figured that back for blood would just be all the rage in the gaming world and it's kind of it came and gone it feels like it's come and gone already and i understand we are kind of in a microwave society but um it feels like the hype for it's already gone i was surprised by that because i i was playing a ton of it for a while and i really liked it it's good it's a well put together game yeah um but it did kind of peter off and i don't even know why if there weren't a million other things i was checking out i would probably still be playing it and the funnier part is the the group of friends i had been consistently playing with that we've all kind of just moved on to halo now yeah yeah i kind of hmm. i don't know exactly why it's died off other than other stuff to to play but i i feel like the pacing in that game was not great um like the way they had the levels laid out you'd have some that just felt like they were a slog to get through and then you'd get like to the end of the level the climax of this thing and there'd be like two objectives and it would just kind of be over with yeah with nothing going on like just it, the game had pacing issues it made it feel kind of like a letdown at times um that i had would... less to do with like the actual overall quality um then yeah, the quality is there I, yeah. I feel like i feel like that's definitely a part of it josh and i think part of it too might be that those games were awesome 15 years ago 12 years ago and while it's not necessarily there i don't find anything wrong with it but maybe the general public feels like this is a this does feel like a game of a past generation unfortunately and maybe that's why there was dwindling interest. I don't know. Maybe that formula yeah. just isn't as exciting nowadays. Or maybe I mean, it's that been could expanded be part on. of it. People got their nostalgia hit and then moved on. 
I don't know if that's necessarily true though, because I feel like all the modern trappings around it are exactly what you'd expect, and they I thought they brought it into the modern era pretty well. And oh, I form- agree. I There's agree. also a lot of games like that in that same vein at this point that are kind of doing that thing in other places that are still successful, like uh, Vermintide or Deep Rock Galactic. Like that genre, quote unquote, of the four player cooperative shooter is still thriving in, in different corners of gaming. No doubt. And maybe it's like what Josh is saying that their nostalgia was kind of sated. I remember when the World of Warcraft uh, was a year or two ago, the, they were going back to the basic version for a limited time and everybody not was for about a limited that. time it's still happening oh it's still happening i thought it was limited yes. time I and i don't yeah, think that's it, why people stop playing it because they got bored of the nostalgia yeah. i think there's other reasons yeah well, the, well i think they're on to burning crusade at this point they kind of just restarted yeah, the entire server like hey would you like to start over and go back through the whole thing slowly which yeah they're putting the expansions back out in in time yeah which it's which is kind of neat I kind of like that not for a, hey, let's go back and re-experience it, because you're never going to, but from a new player perspective, like, what was it like back in the day? Um, that, that's a neat idea anyway. I don't, like, I, it's not something Listen, I care you can about. can go back, but, Josh. Um, As someone who ran yeah. a private Burning uh, yeah, Crusade Discord yeah. uh, server for a long time, you can go back. Yeah. And when only, there's 10 of you playing Burning Crusade on a private server, it's pretty great. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I've kind of we haven't talked about you know kind of like the game's preservation side of it in a while. Um but I yeah, like I kind of I kind of like the idea of you know, being able to go back and experience some of these multiplayer things you know, yeah. before they've changed drastically. It's kind of it, it's kind of neat, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that's what's kind of cool about I haven't seen if the Left 4 Dead games were on the Xbox list of backwards compatibility. Compatibility, I'd have to check up on that. But I think it's cool that Back 4 Blood very much was trying to do, like Rich saying, with a little bit of modern trappings, but also was trying to fit the best of both worlds, the past and the present. And I think, it, like, mm-hmm. like you said, Rich, I think it's a good game. Um, who knows why um, it kind of came and gone with popularity as quickly as it did. I still think and it's a knows? good game. And they might put content out like you might see new campaigns come in like six months and all of a sudden people might just flock back to it and it might become one of those games where it's like every couple of months they put out like a $20 piece of DLC and people flock back to it for like one or two months. Yeah. 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 That's a that's that kind of work. like the destiny model. And I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yeah. So. I'd um, be game for it. Me too. Mm-hmm. Next bit. Uh, Metroid finally saw mainstream success with Metroid Dread. Um, Metroid, you know, has been a fairly popular series throughout the years, but it's never broken through, I would say, the mainstream market as well as Dread did. Uh, once Dread released and people had been playing it, people were going back, buying different Metroid games. There was a point in time, I can't remember if it was uh, Rich or Josh or Ray who had sent it, but basically the top five most popular games in one day that were being sold were all Metroid games. And that was insane to me. I was like, I, mm. you know, I know Metroid has been popular throughout the years, but to see it that popular just in one day was really cool to see. So the success that um, Metroid has finally had this year is really awesome to see. And I know people feel some sort of way or other about Metroid Dread. I think it was I a fair, fantastic game. game. That feels so yeah. long ago. That was last month, you guys. I uh, know. That feels know, like a right? lifetime ago that we were playing Metroid Dread. It was last fucking month. Hence the microwave society comment, but yeah. I don't know. I think my brain's just running out of RAM. Yeah. Could be. I'll give you some RAM. Huh. Listen, Shay, I don't want to have to send you another copy of that court order. Um, excuse me, Rich, you were talking about jizzing in my face before the podcast. <laughs> you can't prove that! That's <laughs> <laughs> true, I can't. Um, but, yeah, no, like, how do you guys feel about them kind of getting the, ma- or Metroid finally getting the mainstream eye on it, even for a bit? I think it's awesome. I've always loved Metroid, and the funny thing is to, like, see it surge to that level of popularity is even more interesting when you consider that Metroid was kind of kept alive because of its popularity in U.S. markets in particular. Like, Metroid is one of those Nintendo franchises that is not as big in Japan as it is here. Exactly. Um, 
and to see it even shoot past there, I think a good portion of that has to do with um, Metroid Dread is the first mainline Metroid to be on a Nintendo home console since Super Metroid. Yeah. Mm. The mainline Metroid series had been relegated to handhelds uh, since post-Super Metroid, and yeah. now we live in a world where Nintendo's handheld is its home console, and so you get Dread, and I think, like, that was enough to draw a lot of people back, and also, a, I think Prime had kind of become the more successful branch of Metroid, and with 4 being delayed, and they were like, hey, look, Metroid 5, Metroid proper is coming, and a lot of people who might not have picked it up were interested. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember trying to talk with my students. I was like, I just played Metroid Dread all weekend. They're like, Nanikore. And I'm like, Metroid? Like, Metroid? And they're like, I was like, Samus? Nothing. So, yeah. It's like, I think it's popular with past generations here. Because when I talk to some of my coworkers, they're like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, it's none of these kids were alive when the last Metroid game came out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's true that's also true well they they were alive when the, the remake of 2 came out but I, I mean it definitely was popular in Japan but even like in the Super Metroid heyday it was a Nintendo title that did sell better in the US than Japan true 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 and that's going to be a fun thing for you to look at in the future with your, your side podcast that you're doing oh I Super Metroid will <laughs> probably be done in the early months of next year I we've got a list of, of things we want to get to and you're not short story. on ideas, is what you're saying. No, certainly not. I mean, when you think of the amount of research I did for Street Fighter this week, there's shout out to Polygon, who has some of the most comprehensive oral histories of Street Fighter on their website up to, I ended up, I didn't even know this was coming out, that they were publishing a book on the oral history of Street Fighter 2 that I ended up pre-ordering while doing this research. <laughs> <laughs> As, you As you should. As you should. Um, next, Psychonauts 2 finally released after 15 years, I said that wrong, Psychonauts 2 finally released 15 years after the original had come Mm -hmm. out. Uh, it is a game that, again, was rumored to be coming out for a long time, and then stuff started coming out about it, and then people were wondering, is this ever gonna actually release? And it did. Um, people, including the two guys, not me, being here. We're also wondering, is it even going to be that good 15 years afterwards? And uh, I never played the original. I loved this game a lot. With you guys having a little bit more, and especially Josh, having a little bit more love for the first one, how did, and Ramba Saruin as well, how did you guys feel about this game? Um, I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, like surprise sounds wrong because like I was looking forward to it. It exceeded I'm, I'm my expectations. Of, I think yeah, that's maybe yeah. More that's probably a better probably a better way at. to put it because like like I I am the market for this. Like someone who was such a big fan of the first one, you know, backed them immediately whenever they announced it. Did um, you back them on Fig with me as well? The Fig, which doesn't even exist anymore. Fig I don't still exists. <laughs> I yeah. thought it went away for some reason. No, no, Fig Fig is weird because it doesn't. There aren't a lot of games on there because it's not. It's more than just games, though. Am I right? Yes, it's not a. It's not a kickstarting platform. It's we're actually investors. Yeah, it's an investment. If, if you go at a certain platform. if you go at a certain tier on Fig, you can see a return on your investment. Yeah, yeah, which is a really unique way to do that. I think it's kind of that, that's it's cool. Um, I did not put a ton of money into the thing to like, you know, be making dividends off of this, but it Nor is did I. <laughs> it is an option. Um but yeah, like I, they're still they're still doing stuff. I get, you know, I'm hear something now. coming up every now and then, but they're making a new Amico. <laughs> did you know about this? It's yeah. on fake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um oh, Outer Wilds was on fig. Mhm. Um what was I talking about? Oh, um the the game was able to take such a really cool and unique concept and make it modern, which is something that with a not a comedy game, but a very humorous game is is kind of 
that that requires some deft maneuvering in order to still retain the same sort of feel to comedy from that long ago, but that doesn't just instantly just set your teeth on edge from the yeah. cringe. Um, and I yeah, feel I like they absolutely nailed cringe. it. Oh, yeah. the tone is great. And it surprisingly, I think, and, and Shay could probably speak to this as somebody who didn't play the first one. Um, while I think it has the right amount of referential and little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, remember when this happened for people that played Psychonauts, I think it's just as easy. It brings you up to speed quick enough to just jump right in. Yep. Um, but also it like that's remarkable for a game that takes place like a day after the events of the first one. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I have to give a lot of praise to the modernization of that game because I think about. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever came out and just the humor felt so dated mm. in that game. And I was just so bummed out and disappointed. Like I, I had my fun with that game. I would not say it's objectively a bad game, but the first game is just so incredible to come to that where it was a pretty decent game. I just my my expectations were way too high for that game. I think the tone of, of the Super Meat Boys of the world was very time and place. Yeah, and because of that, I will always enjoy the original Super Meat Boy because it lives in like a time capsule in my brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, Super Meat Boy Forever just didn't quite hit the same. Not to say there's nothing redeemable about it. There's some really cool stuff in that. It just yeah. not a standout for me. Right, exactly. Mm. And so, like, when I think about that situation, and then I think about this situation with Psychonauts too, I I have to give the studio a lot of praise for being able to modernize it so effectively. Yeah, and and. The original is still something you can go back to. It's not like a horribly, you know, like really dated and offensive thing back then. There are there are no, a few, no. you know, off color jokes. Yeah, like slightly, slightly, you know, dated things. But it's not. It still completely holds up. Um, yeah. Like it's it's. Um, I mean, especially consi- compared to all the stuff from like the eighties and nineties that Netflix has picked up lately that I've been going back through that all of a sudden something it's just like, Holy fuck. We all laughed at this. Um, not that long ago. Um, and and those really stand out. Um, I'm a big advocate for taking laugh tracks out of 90s sitcoms. It makes them difficult to watch. (laughs) (laughs) If the audience doesn't tell me this is funny, I might just think it's cruel. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But yeah, it was cool to see Psychonauts 2 finally come out and it be as good as it was. So very pleased with that. Um, Also this year, as people will very well know that we have been going through the pandemic and kind of the effects of COVID and what that's had on the landscape over the past two years. But one of the benefits of that is we saw an uptick in gaming and we actually saw... uh, not I wouldn't say a, a a style of or a genre of game being revitalized, but some uh, juice kind of put back into it. We saw couch co-op gaming get a lift with It Takes Two, which is a very fun and exciting game that you could play with your significant other or someone else on your couch. And the thing or is, a person I had you do a podcast who, with, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I there were, I had people in my life who don't normally play video games messaging me about it said oh i heard about this game is it awesome is it fun should i play it with my husband or my wife and i like i think that was kind of cool to see the power that this game had uh for co-op this year because i think we've been talking about for the past few years we need more of we need more of that (laughs) sorry your face (laughs) stern josh face always gets me yeah Sorry, I don't, I don't have to break it out on the show that much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I love it. Um, hold on, just a second. I was like, "Whoa, he means business." <laughs> He's gonna give somebody the business. <laughs> and it's cool to see that couch co-op gaming is kind of being brought up. That hey, it's a genre that people want to see more from, and it's really cool that it takes two is getting noticed at the game awards. It's being nominated and hopefully that shows devs that 
other devs, I should say, and it shows the gaming world that there is a place for couch co-op still in 2021 and going into 2022. Hell yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. like Josh and I got through that whole game on stream in a few nights and it is still probably one of my standout experiences this year because absolutely it really smart co-op mechanics. And like beyond that, it would be enough to have like these unique innovative mechanics, but it's just a really tight 3d platformer beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it features a child that might be a witch and a talking squirrel. Mm-hmm. The, it's a game that, like, in almost every way kind of goes above what it really needs to to, to accomplish what, what, what would work. Um, like, the mechanics are really tight. It just, like, it's a game that feels good to control uh, for all of, you know, the, for all of the experience. And then they just keep putting new mechanics in, keep putting new environments in. That was its best selling point to me, and we talked about this a lot at the time, was like, just as in like any other generic platformer, you feel like a mechanic would start to get stale, it ditches it for something new. And yeah. the new thing is always good. Like, I don't feel, feel like a single mechanic in that game missed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is really impressive that they were able to show that much, you know, just depth. In, in a single experience like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really excited that um, that this game is getting kind of the due. It, I wouldn't necessarily say deserves, but I'm just glad to see that. That Yosa still got it. Well, yeah, that, and I'm also glad to see that basically, um, like I said, Couch Co-op is getting noticed. I want to see mm-hmm. that happen. Would you, you know, be I want up, to see more couch co-op games. Would you be up for a sequel called It Takes Three that's about that same couple, now elderly, and a young man they met at the local bar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, My wife wants to buy you a drink. Ugh. <laughs> uh. They they go to a swingers party. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I... <laughs> the story yeah. is about how the the crisis you're going through, figuring out how you're going to introduce your your new friend to your witch daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's she's getting older, so she you can't like dance around it. She's like, and what's his relationship to you guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we're just friends. Why does he sleep in your room? (laughs) Another piece of news. Let's move on from that. Uh, Lucasfilm's games has come back. It has been revived in a way. So it was originally shut down by Disney in 2013 um, after the acquisition of LucasArts and all um, all of the titles that come with that. So they shut down Lucasfilm's games. And they are bringing it back kind of as a brand. So basically, all games that will be associated with Lucasfilm will have Lucasfilm Games logo put on them, essentially. So it's kind of coming back, kind of not. And with that announcement, a new Star Wars game is in development. So I know there are a lot of Star Wars fans out there, so I figured it was kind of good that we mentioned this briefly. I mean, to say it's it's coming back always feels like a weird statement to me because like, no, this this thing never existed. Like, this isn't LucasArts. LucasArts was the people that what made adventure games for years. Um, this is just a way for them to like label Star Wars games and whatever Indiana Jones things Machine Games is doing. Uh, yeah, honestly, the the one I'm most interested in actually is the Indiana Jones game Machine Games is making. Uh. But we have seen from Respawn that you can still make good Star Wars games, so I'm oh yeah def- definitely interested to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, I I hope that this is just a precursor to better things. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just a way for them to put a, a publishing house name on on stuff and strap the Lucas name to it. I mean, that's that's cool in and of itself. And it's smart, too, because people will eat it up, be like, oh, Lucasfilm Games is back. You know, it's mm-hmm. smart. Nostalgia. And then I'll be the person dividends. at the party who's like, actually, no <laughs> such thing ever existed. Actually, yeah, guys, actually, it's not totally back. Actually, the game you're talking about is Doki Doki Panic. 
All right. So one of the big things that happened this year in the news was um, Epic Games versus Apple lawsuit this year, which is kind of a crazy and interesting um, bit of news. I don't fully understand it, to be honest with you. What I understand is... Um, Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Basically, it's two big companies going at each other, wanting a bigger piece of the pie kind of thing. My corporation yeah. can beat up your corporation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like from your like what is the what is the true understanding of the story? So Epic didn't want to uh pay a fee to be on Apple Store. They didn't want them taking a cut of their microtransactions. Yeah. The thing is, at the end of the day, what Epic is doing, <clears throat> what what they were fighting for ends up ultimately being good because it benefits yes. smaller publishers. They weren't doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, <laughs> they were doing it because they can throw their weight around. It, yes. Um, the, the the corporations the, aren't the your cut, friends. The cut that Apple was taking and forcing everyone to go through their payment options was nonsense. Like it was, it was absolutely. They'd created, you know forced everyone to go through them because there is no other storefront on on their platform which is sounds horrible but i mean that's essentially what every other console maker does like this yeah. is this is kind of like a lot of people were framing this as oh evil apple like this is what this is par for the course they're um, just the ones you've decided to point your frustration against. Yes. Not saying what they're doing is right, but everybody else does it too. Yeah, so like a lot of people are giving Apple specifically extra, extra shit for this, where it's really just it's a major industry-wide problem um, that, you know, they were... They, they, picked, they picked the people that they'd take the smallest hit from if they, you know, lost the thing. Compared to if they, you know, decided to challenge anyone else on this, um, but it, it's still like like Rich was saying, long term, it's it's good um, to have people have the option to not have to go through those kind of draconian systems in order to monetize their game, um, right? I would say, like, the one thing I would say is, yeah, I agree with you and Rich that, um, that Apple wasn't the only one doing it and whatnot. I think it kind of extends beyond gaming at that point that Apple has been getting a lot of flack for a lot of their practices lately and for good reason. And so this was just like another thing, like, yep, Apple is doing a lot of things wrong and a lot of shysty things. Here's another, um, here's another proof or another piece of evidence to that that they are doing a lot of shysty things yeah and it just happened to end up becoming a really big case because epic is a big enough company to kind of go go to war with yeah they're the they're the only company that could have fought that i mean well i mean the other option is 10 cent but they basically are epic at this point they've they own so much of the company at this point that like th- those are the people who had a big enough stake that Apple taking a cut is just really eating into their business in in right. a way that makes it worthwhile to sue them over. Um, yeah, like yeah, it's 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 an interesting case. It has interesting implications for the future. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's fully done at this point yet. Even is it like it's still ongoing. no? That's that's as far as I know. It was either decided or settled. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I could, I, I could I open up remember, my phone and like, see if I can get Fortnite, but I'm pretty sure it was decided in Epic's favor. I yeah, I can't remember. Like, let because, me look. Oh, you're right. It ended um, September 10th, and technically, uh, I guess. Yeah, I don't know who won. Judge orders Apple to allow external payment options for App Store by December 9th, denying yeah. stay. Yes, and so they taking one, but uh, it does not look like Fortnite is back on the store yet. 
even regardless. Well, Apple is appealing it right now as well. Yeah, which, I guess. But yeah, it, like, exactly. That's why none of their stuff is still on there. But yeah, it was decided in their favor. But given the Apple nature of that, Apple. generally, if they if they ask for a stay of that order, they can continue to keep them off the storefront until it's all appealed as far as and it can be one way or another. Yeah. I should be able to pay for my Naruto skin however I want. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Funnily enough, there is a Forot night where someone just stuck an extra O in hoping people wouldn't notice while Fortnite is not on the platform, I noticed, which <laughs> Got is fucking hilarious. Um, that is best. amazing. I love me some shovelware. Yep. Anyone who buys that is a dummy. Yeah. Like Mr. Balls for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing initiated a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard due to claims of a hostile environment. Uh, obviously, that is an ongoing thing. It's something that we talked about in yesterday's, in yesterday's episode at length. So I don't think there's you mean last too week? much. I mean, well, I mean, I, I said at the beginning of the show we were recording it a day later. So. Yeah, I know you blew the load really early. I wanted to be like, it's totally been a week. I hope nothing big has happened in the news in that week. Uh, that it would be weird if we didn't address it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're back here. We definitely didn't do this just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I figured just to be upfront about it at the beginning. But no, I like. there's not too much I think we really need to add here. It's just been... I think this is probably the most egregious example to date of how these companies kind of get away with this stuff. And I'm glad yeah. that it is getting this much public spotlight on it because I, I hopefully think, uh, that is going to uh, generate and engineer some level of change in the industry in a positive way. Uh, one would hope. It, exactly. One, one would hope. And uh, kind of as far as what actually happened, it, a lot of this seems... Very they similar. Let, they let a in, grown man who goes by Bobby be in charge. Yeah. And you reap what you sow. Yes, exactly. A, a, a lot of this seems very similar in kind of content and scope to what Ubisoft had going on. However. Hey, what Ubisoft got away with. Exactly. Got away with because there's, there's no one holding them accountable at that point. And they kind of. Yeah. They fired a couple people as scapegoats. And. But tomorrow's another day. And. Uh. Yeah, no one, no one pursued it farther than, you know, just kind of assuming those couple people who weren't the source of the problem. I just hope when the dust settles on Activision Blizzard that enough people go, hey, we should not let them get away with this. Yeah, yeah, like, like I'm, I'm hoping there are enough consequences from this Activision Blizzard thing that people are like, oh, well, we can get our way in these situations. And, we should do something about and this, yes. you finally do something about a lot of the other situations in the industry that are just disgusting. It's, it's fucking gross. It's, it's pathetic that we've allowed our industry to become, like, I say we, like, again, we kind of listen to the last episode for more, you know, in-depth thoughts instead of, mm -hmm. the, you know, the minor things here. But it's, it's gross that things have gotten to the point where they, they've gotten... Um, really gross, and I... Yeah, the the other thing I would say is, like, any of the victims and mm -hmm. the victims' families who have been affected by all of this, I hope that they kind of get some peace of mind and they get some kind of uh, restitution for what's happened with all closure, of them. Closure and yeah. closure on a positive note. Yeah, something yeah. something more than, like, we, we mentioned it's still ongoing. The The initial federal case was closed, and there was, you know... A fine, which is of course means it's legal. It just you know have to pay yes. for it. To um, quote Final Fantasy Tactics, exactly. If the charge for a crime is a fine, then that crime only exists for the poor. Exactly. So hopefully there's something. Not that it's ever going to make up for, you know, what's happened. It, it, at least more than the nothing that's been done so far. Um. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks and months with all of this. Um, no news as of yet, but interesting. No news is bad news. Yep. 
Uh, many smaller companies were bought out by the bigger players this year, and we actually saw some big companies cannibalized by even bigger companies. I'm just gonna I'm gonna list a few. Uh, there are many, many, many. It was a year for that. We Let's take a 15 minute break visions. while he does that. <laughs> we saw Vicarious In Visions merge to Blizzard. Uh, we saw the Embracer Group acquire Gearbox. EA acquired Codemasters. Embraced by. Take-Two Interactive acquired HB Studios, and there were many, many more than that, but I just figured I'd name some of the ones that people probably know. There are, there are a lot of smaller ones that I was like, I don't even know what studio this is. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that this year, though. So It, was, it kind of felt like the, the year of studios being bought out, or it's like the tail end of that, because I guess the last few years, we've seen Xbox and Sony acquire a bunch of studios as well, so... It says here that Bobby Kotick was acquired by, I guess this is a company, the Eternal Lich. Hmm, weird. Uh, Who is is the Eternal Lich? The great mysteries of the world. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's not too much to say here. I, I don't really care one way or another about most of these. I think the one that... It was kind of interesting to see because I, I completely forgot about it. it was Vicarious Visions merging to Blizzard. Yeah. I think that's the one that I was like, oh, shit. Because I really liked um, the Crash Insane Trilogy remaster, mm-hmm. and I, I've liked some of the work that they've done recently. And um, it's, not, it's not obviously necessarily that studio's fault that it was merged onto Blizzard, but now it's now I have a hard time kind of supporting that studio as a result. I mean, they've been owned by Activision this whole time. That's also true. That's also um, a good point. So, so, for all intents and purposes, nothing's changed. The, the The major difference being there's not an extra studio chain of commands to go through whenever they are working on something. Um, that's, which that's fair is not good given you know, a lot of what we're learning about that structure in Activision Blizzard. Uh, and, you know, I don't know the situation in Vicarious Visions, but it's hard to imagine it's worse than that. So, yeah. Hopefully yeah. this is hopefully this is not too painful of a step down for everyone working for them moving forward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I um one can dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have too much to say there. Just it's kind of interesting to see that trend continue of many studios being bought out or merging. Interesting trend that continues. G4 was actually relaunched, uh, I believe it was last week at this point, which was uh a beloved uh show that a lot of people like that had network. Network, I should say, excuse me. Thank you. That had been canceled, and now it's being brought back, and I think that surprised a ton of people that yeah. they were relaunching it. And if you yeah, already want to uh... be disappointed in it, watch that video clip of Kevin Pereira going off about NFTs. Oh, no. What? Do I want to see this? Yeah, I'll show it to you later, okay. Josh. Prepare to be disappointed. Okay. I'll send yeah, it to the been, uh... later. Hmm. Prepare to go, oh, hmm, I guess he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, like they've yeah. been doing some stuff throughout this year, getting ready for that and whatnot. But if like if it was just this last week, you're saying it's back on, like syndicated. I don't think it's television or? anymore. I think like they're just they're they're a brand now. Ah, okay. Like yeah, maybe it like, is in some form, but I if it is, I'm unaware of it being on cable. Probably. Yeah, not. I'm not I sure. I just yeah. know. I just know that like like Josh is saying, they have been doing some stuff on YouTube. Uh, I know the completionist, which is a famous YouTuber, um, has since gone on to work with that network, and they've been gearing up for a relaunch. But now it's kind of like official and everything, and yeah, the official announcement and whatnot. So it's yeah, they've cool been talking about it all year. But yes, yeah, it looks like the the yeah, it was just last week that they finally started. Started. They just kind of announced a lot of it earlier. I guess is what I've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. More gaming content and one that a lot of people love is also cool to see as well. Yeah. Uh, We saw many, many delays this year uh, or slight delays. So we have like a 
we have the main category delays and we have two subcategories games that were slightly delayed until later this year and then games that were completely delayed or delayed indefinitely mm-hmm. the, um, the, such the as... lists we have here just have more a's for for each <laughs> each subsequent list right. delays 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 yeah the eternal delay mm-hmm. yes exactly so some of the notable ones for this year were Deathloop, Returnal, and Kenna. Those are some of the ones that were supposed to, and even actually Back for Blood, those were supposed to release earlier in the year, and they were delayed for a few months or half the year. I ended not. up really liking all of those games, so. Yeah. yeah. It's not all a loss. Yeah, exactly. Seems like the time was worth it for, for, uh, for all of those. For all of those. <laughs> game, yeah. All those situations. Yeah. And then the... Um, the list that is much larger would be the delays for 22 and beyond, such mm-hmm. as Dying Light 2, Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghostwire Tokyo, The Saints Row Reboot, God of War Ragnarok, and the Steam Deck being delayed as well. So, I mean, those are just some of the many, many games that have been delayed until 2022 and beyond. The metaverse. Um, yeah. We've seen a ton of games delayed, <laughs> that but the gets thing... Delayed. I, you get a delay you get a delay you get a delay you all get a delay they needed needed to to delay it because there's just there's not enough sweet baby rays in the in the metaverse yet (laughs) sweet baby no i Uh, i don't mind about delays that he really tarnished the the name of a good sauce there it's it's really really sad yeah i think the one bummer is that i think this year would have been an insane year and i think it would have been a good year because a lot of people were at home still dealing with the pandemic and whatnot that it would have been a fun exciting electric year for gaming next year is just going to be fucking nuts next year i still think it was a pretty good year all things considered a lot of people like to act like nothing good came out this year but there was a lot of really good shit like i'm I'm having uh i mean it honestly just to it's electric Boogie, no, woogie, no, it woogie. was. It... <laughs> You're welcome, Josh. <laughs> yes, it was a good year. It was a good year for gaming. I just think it would have been a legendary year. I should say. Sure. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not bummed about the delays because, in theory, that just means more polished content. Usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, like we were saying, a lot of the games that were delayed so far this year have turned out well like they've been it every now and then you get a game that's like delayed remasters delayed until the company's just like fuck it we're putting it out anyway and it's still a mess but a lot of the games this year it seems like they're kind of they've done a good job of very scheduling it like getting getting it done done whenever they actually release it it seems they were legitimate in their says of we just need another two months to polish. Like it seems like that yeah. was true in mo- in all the cases we named earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So I'm excited for a lot of those games to be dropping um, next year. It's going to be a fun year, I think, in gaming. Oh, show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the legendary years in gaming. Just Urban looking Gurney. at that small list of games that we listed. It's going to be Damn. awesome. Some of the those last are coming thing we up want to mention. Than... To... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Some of them, all those are on the horizon at this point. They we're barely, barely going to have a lot of time here with all our game of the year coverage. And it's going to just... come down to the ghost wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of them are on the horizon, Forbidden West. <laughs> that's 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 what we were kind of going. I know. For. I, I just say, wanted to think. They're uh-huh. going to be nights where the light is dying. In my apartment as I'm playing these games. I mean, I was worried that by the time these came out, I would be an Elden Ring. <laughs> ha. Did that one work? <laughs> I would have to uh, um, hurry and finish them before Ragnarok happens. Halo Infinite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go into the toilet and drop a Steam Deck. I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm. You know what's a cool game? Cubert. Yep. We know, Rich. We know. Pretty good. Uh, The last thing we want to mention before we get out of here 
is um I think it's something that we have seen recently and it's going to continue to happen into next year, which is I think a really good lead off for the end of the show is uh chip shortages and supply line delays uh because of the pandemic and a lot of the way things have been going, inflation and whatnot in the real world, we are seeing chip shortages, which means that we are going to be seeing less consoles and less graphic cards and uh, processors out in the wild. Uh, They are already kind of expensive and hard to get access to, but we're going to be seeing even more... um, How how do I want to word this? We're going to be seeing less numbers of these things, even more so now. And on top of that, and and with the delays (laughs) of the supply line, it's going to be interesting to see how physical um, merch and whatnot gets rolled out. We're going to, I see, I think we're going to see a further push towards digital content this upcoming year, which is going to be kind of worrisome because physical media has already been, I think there's a place for it, obviously but it's kind of been under fire in the past years saying, why don't we just go digital for a multitude of reasons? You know, uh, environmentally it's, it's safer and health, uh, safer and healthier for the world. Um, it's more manageable, less clutter, so on and so forth. So seeing the supply line delay might exact might or might not exacerbate that issue. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, what this all leads to, or if it's just like it's something that happens and then we go back to normal. Who knows? Do you guys kind of have any predictions or any thoughts about this? Um, boogie, boogie, boogie. I mean, I'm assuming some rich people are going to get richer. Which, you know, that's the norm. Yeah, I think that's always safe to assume. But yeah, yeah. I get your point. Um, oh, to industry. <laughs> the 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 digital versus physical thing is one of those things that in a lot of cases kind of like we mentioned earlier sometimes the version on the disc is not actually a version you want to have archived sometimes because it's a mess um I've I've kind of been a big fan lately of a lot of games that'll come out digitally only at the beginning, and then if the support is there, they'll have a physical release afterwards. Um, via like limited run or something. Yeah, yeah, via limited run or like there there are there are a few others that kind of do similar things. Yeah, um, I am eight bid fan gamer. There's a bunch of sites that mm-hmm. kind of a lot of the people that supply me with my fantastic video game vinyl also do these yeah. limited releases. And, and I like that idea because you end up with, I've actually seen a few Kickstarters do this as well, where the game will come out digitally first. And then like, if you, you know, back them as a, at a physical tier, they'll release the physical thing, you know, a year later or two on, later, yeah. once they have everything ironed out and, you know, you're making sure that you get a collector's edition. That is something that's going to be, worth having around for you know decades in the future um hopefully yeah Um, i think it makes that market more interesting too like i recently um god this is fucking again time is a flat circle this is like two years ago at this point because it was the last uh pax east i was at limited run always has a booth at pax east where they're kind of you know taking their overstock and, and getting rid of it at these conventions mm-hmm. because they don't have much overstock, but, you know, they, they will make more than get sold for certain things. And I ended up buying uh, PS4 physicals of, like, every Jack and Daxter game from when they did That's cool. the physical releases of that series on PS4 because I was like, one, the art they, the art they redid because they did brand new artwork for the covers of all of those are fucking awesome. Oh, and yeah. it's just cool to have, and not everyone's going to have that. They only made as many as they made, and then they were gone. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of, I, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, in in the past, the physical version was the game that was that was it. Like the the thing gets printed and that's that's done is done. Um, but since people have kind of gotten to the point where they know that they're going to be able to patch stuff, stuff's going to be able to get fixed. A lot of times that version is not as good, and I've 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 liked the trend that we've seen lately, especially with some of the smaller games of 
making sure that your physical release is something is the final version of a yeah, game I- exactly exactly or as close to final as possible because some games will always be relentlessly tweaked as they are ongoing but mm-hmm. um yeah i don't think physical media physical media will go anywhere as long as there is a demand in some form for people who want it i think you'll see it less mass produced which i don't think is a problem i think that's for the better yeah yeah the the environmental side of it is kind of a case by case basis honestly like some of the larger games it makes more sense to you know to press a disc and send it out i mean especially something like final fantasy 15 is like over 100 gigs like that's that's a lot of electricity to re-download especially if you want given, to talk about the given given a digital copy of it you're much more likely to feel like oh I, I need the hard drive space right now let me just re-download this thing you know i'll i'll, I'll erase it and, and come back that's a lot of electricity that which is something that we don't really think about because it's not our electricity it's it's kind of you're you're only dealing with a small part of it yeah um that your personal footprint on that isn't significant but yeah yeah but getting that to you is still fairly that that's not nothing um but i don't see it happen so i don't think about it exactly um so it's it's one of those things that sorry I, i'm getting really in the weeds here um <laughs> it's okay but um yeah yeah like there's i, I there's, get you i get your point you're essentially trading one problem for another problem and there's yeah. no perfect solution here, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's the yeah, trolley be, problem, it, but all the people on the tracks are NFTs. Yeah, it's going to be sound interesting. Like, it sounds like a trolley opportunity to me. <laughs> a trolley solution. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how this problem is handled, because yes, uh, obviously... Um, political climate aside, there is an ecological issue that we're being faced with right now and gaming is not exempt from that so it's going to be interesting to see if this situation kind of leads into gaming being a forefront for ecological change that would be cool to see i would love that i would i would be proud even more proud than i am now to um call gaming a hobby of mine that would be dope i doubt it but it would be dope yeah 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 agreed agreed Mm -hmm. you know the optimist in me hopes the pessimist or the pessimist slash realist in me has other thoughts Yeah, <laughs> is the best mm-hmm. way I can put it. But sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about the supply lines actually a little bit on yesterday's show, which will be um, the episode before this one. So if you want to hear more of our thoughts on that, I think that is a good episode as well. We just wanted to make sure we mentioned all this stuff in one spot. That way it's kind of a comprehensive guide. If, just people really miss bring all the down. previous episodes. This is a shorter one where you can kind of get a taste for some of the stuff that we've talked about recently. And you can go back and check out those episodes because we have more complete discussions about them. So, mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's pretty much it. Do you guys feel like there's anything else major that we missed discussing that happened this year? I can't really think of anything else too major. I think we got the highlights. I mean, I'll, I'll see you guys on the battlefield that is Game of the Year. That's true. Yeah. From here on out, it's game of the year. All right. Two weeks, boys. It's crept up on us. Yeah. <laughs> it has. I'm, I'm really excited for that show. It's going to be fun. I um, think so, too. Yeah. yeah. For, for those of you, if, if you have just come on board the Sword Chomp train or whatnot, um, after next week, we are going to be doing three weeks of game of the year stuff. Uh, it's our biggest shows of the year where we sit down, we hammer out these categories, and then we pose our favorites in each category and we try and convince each other that this is the best representation of Sword Chomp for the year in each category where it's applicable. So um, it's, it gets pretty gruesome and grisly sometimes. Sometimes we get into some knockdown drag out arguments, um, which is kind of weird because it is just gaming at the end of the day, but we get very impassioned about our opinions. But at the end of the day, I think we generally have a list that is representative of the group as a whole i would say almost every time so it's not a perfect system of course there is no perfect system but But it's our system fun and interesting system and 
uh, I'm really excited for it this year. So uh, the first year is going to be dealing more with sound and music, not the sound of music. Uh, Julie Andrews. Will Wait, what the fuck? You told there. me we were doing a podcast on the sound of music. I have I would like love that, six pages of notes. <sighs> I honestly love that. Um, Movie, Man, I had I 16 going on 17 pages of notes, Rich. <laughs> you, I'll, I had, I had you to have the royalty. Joke. I had to have the royalty. <laughs> I had to have the royalty free version. You are one age going on another age. <laughs> what else is there to do? I yeah, I love I love that musical. To be honest oh, yeah. with you, but um, in all seriousness, first week is about sound and music the second week is our list of some very important categories and some specific categories that are sword chomp only like best ecosystem which is a an original that we love doing here and then the third week is our personal game of the year lists it's a top five personal list and a top five crew list it's always fun really excited for those shows so uh yeah a lot of fun stuff on the horizon so we will be taking next week off. You might see a decreased presence on social media and whatnot from us as we are kind of relaxing and enjoying our increased time with our presence, and friends. depending on how much I drink. That's right. But I will be gearing some stuff up, preparing us and you for the game of the year content that is going to be dropping. There's going to be a lot coming, a lot of exciting things. So be on the lookout for that. Also, if you like this show, um, I urge you, if this is your first time checking us out, check out our main show. It's obviously a lot longer of a show, but we do a lot of this stuff on a bigger scale. We actually talk about video games we've been playing as well. Uh, you can like and subscribe us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, that's literally everywhere. And on top of that, if you want more from us, head over to swordchomp.com where we have merchandise. We have articles such as reviews and think pieces. We have a Patreon where you can figure out the best way you can support us and you get rewarded for it. Um, it helps us a lot. It helps us make all the amazing and fun content that we love making. And on top of that, you can check out other podcasts we have. We have three other podcasts for you to check out besides this one. So we are constantly making stuff. We're constantly generating content for you to check out for you to enjoy and for us to feel satisfied in our lives. So, <laughs> or attempt to get there, oh, no. I should say. <laughs> but anyways um that's gonna be it for the show i want to thank you rich for uh making time today to do a podcast back to back thank you so much for being thank here. you for working around my shitty schedule ah don't worry about it buddy thank you josh i know i know we had some uh <laughs> you're gonna have some rough cuts in there <laughs> with your family just can't be away from you for five minutes they love uh -huh. you so much yeah 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 and um I was Shay, your host. Thank you so much for checking out the episode. Uh, have a wonderful, happy food binging time this week, and we will catch you on the Game of the Year shows. Take care.